Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome. All right. Welcome to a Monday live edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. Uh, medicals. You guys want medicals? We got your medicals. The New York Yankees slept through the first 72 or so hours of the post-lockout landscape, the frenzy, all that good stuff. And yet, they came back with a vengeance Sunday night. And then they got vengeanced on Monday afternoon. We're going to be bringing down every angle we can of the Gary Sanchez Gio Urshela trade that resulted in Josh Donaldson's arrival in the Bronx. Plus, there's got to be something else that drops, right? Well, it dropped for somebody else. It dropped for the Oakland A's and the Atlanta Braves on Monday afternoon. So now the Yankees are left scrambling. Who's your first baseman? Is it somebody who's already on the roster? And everybody who assessed the first trade and said, okay, well, fine, we've still got an incomplete offseason. You might want to reassess. And also some special uh, messages reserved for the people who guaranteed Olsen would be a Yankee and who guaranteed Carlos Correa would be a Yankee. One of those was always more foolish than the other one, but both of them will not happen at this point in time. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be some days more than happy to answer it, some days less than happy to answer it. Today is one of those where I'm fervently in the middle. I have no idea what's going on. The Yankees can't be done, but they also might be done. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, why do we need this first news dropping at 10.30 p.m. at night, by the way? After an empty weekend, we, we got to pack it all into Sunday night. What do you mean? Why is the shit they do? We've explored every goddamn option this offseason, every single option you could dream of every trade scenario. We did not account for Josh Donaldson in any of them. He's making $25 million a year for the next two years. When you account his buyout, how does that fit the Yankees plans? We did talk about Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, but we did not predict he would get traded to the twins first and then to the Yankees. Um, <laughs> We did talk about Gary Sanchez trades, but we prefaced everything with, quote, this probably won't happen, but here we go. We did the same thing with Gio Rochella trades. This probably won't happen. He's a cost-effective third baseman, can kind of do it all when he's fully healthy and ready to go. Seems to be right up the Yankees' alley. No. Um, of course, the Yankees do this at 1030 on a Sunday. Of course, it's the last thing you expect, and it's completely out of left field. Of course, it changes the complexion of the entire roster, and you really don't know how to think. Um, about the, the the potential consequences. I really still don't know how I feel about it. The one positive I do take away um, is that uh, you're upgrading on the left side of the infield, you, you could say. Um, I, I think you feel differently about Donaldson than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a little bit more high on it. The reason I like the Donaldson move is because he's that personality that the Yankees lack. Um, 
the bad news on that front is he had this beef with Garrett Cole. I know they talked it out. Garrett Cole and Josh Donaldson spoke to the media today and addressed that. Um, so I guess that's behind us and we're all ready to take it uh, head first going into the season. Um, so I do like that, that we're, we're getting that characteristic that we lack. Um, and defensively at shortstop, certainly upgrading. Kiner Fluff is coming off a full year at shortstop, did very well after winning the gold glove at third base um, back in 2020. Um, but uh, you're conflicted because Gio, everybody loved Gio. Gio was not, there was nobody said bad things about Gio and, it's kind of the it's frustrating because he's a fan favorite and it's the same type of situation with Luke Voigt. It's like Gio was arguably like a top three or four player on the Yankees in 2020 and 20 or uh, in 2019 and 2020 with those seasons that he put forth. And then one year he's plagued by injuries. And then the Yankees are like, all right, see ya. Same thing with Luke Voigt, one of the best Yankees hitters when he's fully healthy. Then the injuries only reach a certain point for the Yankees to get frustrated with him. And then he falls out of favor. Although uh, Brian Cashman just said he's, he's the starting first baseman right now. So, but they also said on Sunday that Gio Rochelle would be the starting shortstop. Um, So a lot of things to digest here. Um, So most importantly, my takeaways, great addition defensively shortstop. That's what we need. Remember guys, Yankees don't need the best players at every position. They just need to not be absolutely detrimental at a handful of important ones. Um, importing a personality like Donaldson, who's going to, you would think, rally the troops, bring guys together, bring out that fire in a number of guys where it's seemingly non-existent. Um, and I think Gary Sanchez's situation, I think this is the, it's hilarious and and kind of upsetting how this is how it's going to end, a trade to the twins. But um, this is, I think, a year overdue. Um, he needs a change of scenery. The Yankees need to move on. The fan base needs something else to debate and be at each other's throats about. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at here. Still a little bit confused and not really sure where this is going to take us, but change is good, especially when it concerns a couple of guys where you were kind of unsure about how they would, uh, you know, be performing heading into next season. I think change is good. I, I know change is good. I was ready for change. Um, and I was ready to end my time with Gary Sanchez. And yeah, I'm happy to talk to the rest of the fan base about that. And if you, you know, the, the, the fact remains that at this point, they've now traded Gary Sanchez. And the best thing you can say about Gary Sanchez is that it's really hard to replicate that production from any other catcher on the market. And that I understand. The Gary Sanchez ceiling is higher than almost, it, it probably higher than anybody in baseball. And even the Gary Sanchez that we got last year, roughly league average, occasional power explosions, very poor defense, the career-defining Mets play where he couldn't get the tag down on Jonathan VR, who was 25 feet away from home plate. That version of Gary Sanchez, uh, even that version of Gary Sanchez, there are not that many catchers who are overall going to put up more numbers than that subpar fringe average version of Gary Sanchez. But I'm fairly confident you can't win a title with Gary Sanchez as your primary catcher. That one specifically, he certainly has not improved since 2017. And again, the fact that we lost out on that ring in 2017 continues to sting and sting more with every day because every piece got worse except for Aaron judge. The financials got more unstable. The players who debuted got worse. Everybody got older and it's a missing ring in the cabinet. So now Gary Sanchez is gone And if the best you can say is that he theoretically could have maybe put up a roughly league average season that he did last year and pie in the sky puts up 
an all-star campaign, but we didn't see anything close to that last year or the year before. 2019, he became an all-star on the strength of April and May. 2018 was one of the worst full seasons you'll ever see from a catcher offensively and defensively. At this point, I'm sort of done debating that. I, I, I was ready to roll for one more year with Gary Sanchez if I had to. Because the team was telling me, I, I was I was ready. I was ready. I, I was theoretically ready. I wasn't endorsing it, but now that he's gone, like that is a breath of fresh air for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not celebrating his departure. I'm very sad that his tenure turned out the way it did. But I think we learned once and for all over the past couple of years that it wasn't going to happen. And I certainly think we learned that the New York Yankees were not paying Gary Sanchez a second contract, which they were going to have to do at the end of this year anyway. So if you're not going to do that, you might as well explore alternatives. Now, I didn't think the alternative was going to be Ben Rortvet. That is one thing that I will say. I didn't think the third piece in the Donaldson-Kiner-Falefa trade no. was going to be the option for the Yankees behind the plate in a left-handed platoon with Kyle Higashioka. That feels like you've made the team worse. Now, you know, show me something. What Maybe, you're, maybe your magic works. Maybe Higashioka and Ben Rortvet both hit 240 with above average defense and they're gunning runners out and it, the vets biceps are changing my life. And I, I can look back on this in May and be like, wow, it really is possible to win baseball games with a 240 hitting defense first catch or platoon, which so many Gary Sanchez acolytes told me was not possible over the last several years. No. And I should be thankful that I had Gary Sanchez in place. <laughs> Instead, I would learn a, I would learn so much if Ben Rortvet ends up being a winning player for the Yankees. But it's way more important to talk about, um, you know, the the remainder of this trade. Just breathing in and breathing. I'm just breathing in and breathing out. The, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is the best stopgap shortstop option, right? He, he really yeah. probably is. He, he's like an 85-90 OPS plus. Bad. But hits 270-280. Will bat ninth in the order. Does everything that a certain sect of Yankee fans have wanted for a long time. Bad on ball, advancing runners, speed, stole 20 bases last year, gold glove defense, can play short, can play second, can play third. Like, there's there's a lot to like there. He's better than Andrew Velasquez. Um, even Andrew Velasquez accidentally was about as good as Isaiah Connor falefa was last year. Yeah. So, if we're not going to get Correa, which we're not, we never were going to, we never, ever, ever in a million years were going to get Carlos Correa. Now that's a, a fact. Now everybody who said... Uh, to bookmark me last week when I said the Yankees weren't getting Carlos Correa. I would like you to revisit that bookmark. Uh, the <laughs> Yankees are not getting Carlos Correa. I would not be shocked if Carlos Correa signs somewhere else during this podcast. The Yankees are not going to get Carlos Correa. The New York Yankees are not going to get Carlos Correa. They never would have. They never will. They never, even at the expiration of this contract, the Yankees are not going to get Carlos Correa. No. So after saying no to Corey Seager, Connor Falefa is pretty much the best you can hope for. They're not going to get Trevor Story either. Trevor Story on a two-year deal is the real best you can hope for. But again, another thing that's not going to happen. So uh, you take your deep breath and you move on. Josh Donaldson in a vacuum is putting up some crazy numbers last year. The advanced metrics on Josh Donaldson last year, he's like 99-95. He's in the red heat zone on every hard hit metric. Absolute beast of a season. Even people who say Josh Donaldson fell off, you're saying that because of his calf injury that took him off the Blue Jays. He had 127 and 126 OPS pluses in his past two full seasons, which really were kind of full seasons. That's 135 yeah. games and 155 games, I believe. Both of those totals more than fine for the 2020 New York Yankees. When Josh Donaldson's on the field, he hits. 
Josh Donaldson has been on the field more often than not in 2019 and 2021. 2020, I think a lot of people got chronically injured. Uh, and so Josh Donaldson also missed plenty of games in the season that never happened and never counted. But he plays more than you might think, and he is a genuine offensive threat, something Gio Urshela was not last year after the rocket ball was gone, uh, something Gary Sanchez has never been since early 2019. It has just not been the same for Gary Sanchez. Now, reasons to hate this deal, there's a hole at catcher. Again, say what you will about Gary Sanchez. Having two defensive first platoon guys feels like a, liter- a legitimate downgrade until I see differently. It's it's the only way, you know, offensive downgrade. Off- offensive yeah, downgrade. Yeah. I-, I don't know if it's going to be a defensive downgrade. I mean, it's not going to be a defensive. If it's a defensive downgrade, the Yankees have a, a genuine problem. Yeah. But it- it's going to be an offensive downgrade behind the plate, even from the boring modern Gary Sanchez version that we were used to. But that's a hole now. Center field, yeah. still a hole. First base, still a hole. And if you're going to use DJ LeMahieu at first base now, weird hole. Donaldson at third, Kiner Falefa at short, uh, DJ and Glaber at second, DJ and Voight at first. Because, by the way, after uh, the other, we'll get to that news later, but Brian Cashman saying Luke Voight's your first baseman now, which is that the same energy as Gio Urshela as your shortstop from yesterday morning? Or is that genuinely saying Luke Voigt's first baseman? I don't know. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But Thomas, do you want to focus on the financials of this a little bit? Because I have given the rosier picture and said, you know, hey, Josh Donaldson, 130 yeah. OPS plus guy. It's an above average bat. And it's it's tenacity and it's anger. But the money is a ton. And yeah. when I thought and the rest of us thought that the Yankees were going to like, all right, maybe we're blow by the luxury tax guys now. Maybe we go out and trade for Matt Olson the next day. And Sean Manaya and Sean Murphy. Well, Matt Olson's gone, and we'll we'll address that next. But without a second move, the Yankees are just paying for Josh Donaldson's age 36 and 37 seasons, something they wouldn't pay for so many other helpful pieces in the past. Yeah, it's I'm I'm not angry about it because once again, I don't give a shit how much money they spend. I just want it to be appropriated for the right things. And after all the st- after all the stinginess over the years, you know, Garrett Cole was, has been the only big free agent signing since what, 2013 um, or whatever it was. Yeah. 13, uh, 14. Yeah, with Tanaka yeah, and all those yeah. Guys. That was the biggest one. John Carlos Stanton guys was, that was not a free agency deal. That was a trade. I understand there is a little bit of a caveat there because he had the largest contract in the sport at the time. Um, but the Yankees also had a much lower payroll at that juncture work to get under the luxury tax that following season to make sure it didn't affect them. Um, and now see value in his later years. So Josh Donaldson is, it's just a weird acquisition to me. And like also passing on Carlos Rodon, pairing these together is very bizarre because if you look at Gio Rochella, Gio Rochella was set to earn about 15 million total when you account for arbitration increases um, over the next two years. So 15 million total for a starting third baseman who hits above league average in, you know, during his time, during his majority of his time with the Yankees. So now you're paying 35 extra million dollars for Josh Donaldson, who before these last couple of years had dealt with injuries. I, I don't think he's injury prone, but that calf issue for those, those couple of years was, was pretty um, alarming. And you just don't know what's going to happen as these players reach their, the, uh, their later thirties. It's, it's, it's difficult to kind of comprehend. And it's like, okay, well, why didn't we just spend more money on starting pitching last year? Or why didn't we spend more money on starting pitching this year? Or why didn't we decide to upgrade with a lefty bat before the season last year, even though we knew we only had Aaron Hicks and Brett Gardner, and that was going to be what we relied upon. So 
it was like we we needed these fr- we needed these fringe acquisitions last year and and the year before to just spend a little bit more and go over the luxury tax and really put the team in better position. And now it's just like a misplaced extra $35 million investment when you compare the departure of Gio and the addition of Donaldson. Um, and I know other factors come with it. Look, Donaldson over these over the last two full seasons he's played, I'm not counting 2020 because it's dumb and it, it doesn't really serve anybody. 2019, 155 games. 2021, 135 games. Um, in 2019, he hit 267 with a 9 OPS with runners in scoring position. 2021, it was 253 with an 801 OPS. Yankees are missing that. Yankees are missing a lot of that in their lineup. Um, only a handful of guys are able to produce in those clutch situations. And then you look at 2019 and 2021 for, quote, late and close, as baseball reference notes it, 250 with an 860 OPS in 2019, 263 with a 996 OPS in 2021. I know the factors are a little bit different because you're playing in Minnesota. The stakes aren't exactly high, but Josh Donaldson's no stranger to contenders. Um, If his bat's going to come out in the right time, um, if his attitude's going to come out in the right time when this team needs it, I'll certainly view this as a worthwhile acquisition, but just the manner in which the Yankees are spending money here, you're looking, we're looking at all these top free agent options fly off the board that are also fits. We're watching these trade options go elsewhere that are also fits. And the Yankees have the requisite depth in the farm system to make it happen. And then you're like 50 million for Josh Donaldson. Like I'm fine with it, but why what's going on? So that's my only beef with it, I guess you could say, but I think it makes the team better. Um, I don't think his defense is that much better than Geo's over the last few years. It doesn't, you know, I watch them both regularly. I know the advanced metrics will tell you otherwise, um, but I don't think there's a mark market difference there where you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. But Donaldson's consistency at the plate, power numbers, ability to work walks, I think is superior to Geo's. Um, but then on the other hand, yeah, Geo is a little bit more versatile on the defensive end. So take what you can get here. Um, I was just puzzled because you're spending, you know, that 35 extra million and then you pass on road on after being willing to go that, that length of distance with Justin Verlander. Um, so just confusing to me because Rodon's coming off a career best season. I know the injury concerns are there, but they said the medicals were good. Verlander age 39 season coming off Tommy John surgery, six innings pitch since 2020. I just don't, sometimes I just don't get where their head is at with the investments, but Hey, I don't disagree with this, so I think I could. I feel good about it in that sense. Brian wants to bring Anthony Rizzo on board and then trade Glaber and Voigt for Cattell Marte and Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly, I'm down with. Cattell Marte, I'm down with. That's just going to yeah. probably cost the Matt Olson package. And Anthony Rizzo, just got to be vaccinated, my man. Yeah. You just, <laughs> just got to be vaccinated, my dude, uh, because like, you know, last year was a problem, right? Yeah. It was definitely annoying when people weren't vaccinated. Aaron Judge just mysteriously missed a lot of time. Yes. Uh, you know, extra time to, to get himself cleared, to, to come back and get vaccinated. Um, it was bothersome. Now, uh, these guys can't go to Toronto. So you're losing people for nine games in a crucial division battle. Uh, not sure why you would sign or acquire someone who can't play in a huge chunk of your American League East games. And... There's still a private sector mandate in New York. There's still a Kyrie Irving bothering rule that's knocked him out of Brooklyn Nets games. And I don't think that's going to be any different for the Yankees. I don't. I really don't. We're about to find out, but I really don't. I think some of you are going to have to, you know, Yes Network shares the Yankees and Nets. I think some of you are going to have to gird yourselves for having the same level of annoyance that you currently have 
about why Kyrie Irving can sit courtside and watch the game without a mask but can't play for the Brooklyn Nets. It's a crazy thing to watch, and I do think the Yankees have to maybe worry about that in about a month. Uh, the good vibes are over. How long did the good vibes last, Thomas? It was like three, it was like three days. Yeah. Um, baseball was unlocked. We heard there was going to be a free agency frenzy on, on Thursday night. It didn't happen. Friday, a bunch of people signed, but not Yankees. Saturday, same deal. Chris Bassett went to the Mets. Another good Yankee fit. We decided not to do that. And then Sunday, all hell broke loose. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to miss Gio Urshela. I'm going to miss what Gary Sanchez could have been. I'm really not going to miss having Gary Sanchez on the roster. And it's a reality that we were going to have to face next year anyway. Um, I don't want that to be the way that I feel, but it, but it is. Um, and, and I wish him well, and I'm rooting for him in Minnesota. And I certainly, if Gary Sanchez goes off as the DH part-time catcher in Minnesota, that'll be great. But it is more proof that the Yankees, like you have said this morning, we're, we're in the tank in the wrong direction because goes to Minnesota and he immediately is backup. someone who is a backup catcher and, and a DH option. And the Yankees for years are saying he's our starter and we're not going to examine other things. And I guess part of this is the Giancarlo Stanton trade, but you've got Higashioka starting on opening day. You've got Higashioka starting on game one of the, you know, all the playoff series that they've ever played. Um, that's just now your number one. Yeah. Your number one catcher is now your starting catcher. So. There you go. And if yeah. there's no Sean Murphy move to follow this, it's it's just patently crazy. And, and speaking of, I guess let's talk about the other bomb that just dropped. Woo! Um, yeah, I mean, yesterday was a day of rebirth, of re-envisioning things, of Josh Donaldson and Garrett Cole breaking bread and talking about how much they hate each other. Um, so many weird things to come to terms with. But above all else, everybody sort of said, well, all right, well, let's wait and see what the Yankees do next because there has to be a next move. There might still be a next move, but unfortunately, Mike Axisa of CBS Sports, former Yankee blogger, former River and Avenue Blues, was it seems to be the one who has it correct so far because last night when the Yankees made this bizarre trade, he tweeted something to the effect of there has to be another move coming for the team that willingly gave Rugnet Odor 130 games last year. And I looked at it and kind of was like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> probably. And then here we are. Matt Olson, a perfect fit for the New York Yankees, uh, went from Oakland to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, just before we started recording, the package was many of the Braves' top prospects. Catcher Shea Langeliers is in the top 10. Uh, Christian Pache and Affeter, he's still the Braves' number one prospect, but he hit, what, 111 during his big league time? He has performed extremely poorly, and he was the headliner of this trade. So more proof that prospects are unpredictable, but also more proof that the Yankees are just in a different, on a different planet than the other teams that are, that are having to make these trades. If the Yankees had Christian Pache and they were offering him, that's basically the Miguel and Duhar Clint Frazier package that you guys have all laughed at. <laughs> so fucking hard. So funny for the last four years, Clint Frazier, not on the team anymore. And I'm still hearing chatter about the, you know, the Yankees offering that in a trade package. If the Yankees offered a guy who hit 100 in the big leagues over a significant sample size, People would be laughing it off the same way. Poverty package, you know, embarrassing. You know, yeah. Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe are both better than Christian Pache at this point. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, Olsen goes to the Braves. The Braves do not tell Freddie Freeman that they're making this Olsen trade. What? According to Joel Sherman, Jeez. they didn't even inform him. They just pulled the trigger what and said, what's ah, wrong with people? What is wrong with the Atlanta Braves Fuck. specifically? It's just um, disgusting. That's insane behavior, especially if you watch the parade last year where every player is going, oh, I got one more thing to say, resign Freddie, and the whole crowd is chanting, and the Braves are just like, we're not going to do that. 
Thank you. Um, they didn't even tell him. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. So Freeman's now down to two options. It's the Dodgers and the Yankees, the Braves. Apparently, we're never even really serious. The, the Blue Jays have checked in. The Rays have checked in. The Yankees could just finish this off. Finish. Right? Angry Freeman, six years, 180. They could just do that. They could just say that the Donaldson trade signaled that they're willing to go crazy. They get up to 260, 270 AAV overall on the payroll. I mean, of course, they shed some money yesterday getting rid of Sanchez and Urshela. They're not going to, though. They're, they're not going to do that at all. And then Josh uh, Josh Donaldson. Anthony Rizzo has known he's been the Yankees' third choice from the beginning of this whole process. He's still the third choice, even though Matt Olson's not available. Uh, Two-year deal? Three-year deal? I don't know. Uh, would you rather just have Luke Voigt than extend Anthony Rizzo for four years? I wouldn't. I'd rather keep both guys. Um, maybe you trade Voigt for pitching depth. I'd rather have Rizzo than Voigt if I had to pick. Um, but again, Rizzo maybe can't travel to the, the country of Canada. So that's also a major issue. Um, but what if you're Anthony Rizzo and you've just heard you're the third choice for three full months. You spent the whole lockout being like hearing everybody go, the Yankees will get Anthony Rizzo. If they fail to get the two people they really want, well, maybe you screw the Yankees, Anthony Rizzo. Maybe you go somewhere else. Yeah. Somebody else is going to pay you for three years. There's not going to be like, there's going to be enough competition in Anthony Rizzo that three years, 40 mil Padres can top that Cubs can do that. I mean, a lot of teams can do that. And None of those teams had Rizzo listed as their third choice. The chemistry argument is going to be insane this year. The shortened spring training and shortened free agency period has led to people just ping-ponging around in this tiny period of time. The Josh Donaldson thing that, you know, Cole and Donaldson could have had four months to get used to each other, and now they're just going to have to do it on the verge of the regular season. All of this is bizarre, but Anthony Rizzo, I'm I'm currently angry if I'm Anthony Rizzo, and I'm looking everywhere but the Yankees. How does New York regroup from here? I really don't know because you look at it there. They could get Freeman. If they get Freeman, holy shit, we're blowing the lid off this place. There's no questions about it. But you you look at how they've kind of um, constructed this last trade package. Once again, minimal risk, right? Get rid of Gio Urshela. Not really a game-breaking player. Not going to kill you if he leaves. Get rid of Gary Sanchez's $8, 9000000 million salary. You already know kind of what he's looking at, what his status is. It's not not really anything. Inherit Donaldson's money, you upgrade it third, you get yourself another shortstop. So it's another scenario where the Yankees, yeah, they're going over the tax a little bit or they're creeping closer towards it, but they're not doing anything that's that's really super risky, or they're not doing anything that's that's you know leaving them liable to something, whether it's someone's regression or whether it's overpaying a tax or anything of that nature. So and the first baseman co- uh, uh, situation is complicated now because you have Rizzo who put, Could have been vaccinated by this point. We don't know. But at the end of last year, he was very much not vaccinated. um, And that would prevent him from playing nine games in Toronto. Um, And then you run the risk of just keeping Luke Voigt. Brian Cashman said, starting first baseman, that's great. But guess what problem we ran into last year, guys? Not enough lefty at bats. And we're going to run into that problem again this year. You want to know why? Because the only lefties right now on the roster that hit from the left side of the plate are Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo. And both of them really don't put the ball in play often. Um, and we don't know what to expect at all out of Aaron Hicks. Um, Ender Inciarte is also another potential option, but we have no idea what he's going to do or if he's even going to make the roster. So if you're looking at 
balancing the lineup again and diversifying the lineup with enough lefty bats, um, what's the other option here? Is the other option to just, you know, throw all the money at free? I mean, the option, the options are Freeman and Rizzo, but like you said, does Rizzo want to come back after being after are these players reading? That's also, I don't know. Are, are they reading rumors? Are they going to the Google news tab, searching their name and reading the rumors? Does Anthony Rizzo know he's a theoretical plan C at this point, based on what the insiders have said, does he even believe Not any there. of that? Does he believe that that's what the Yankees are doing? Are the Yankees telling him something different? I don't know. Nonetheless, he's working out with Cubs teammates this offseason. We've seen it with Ian Happ multiple times. Um, I don't know what his level – he apparently enjoyed being a Yankee. Don't know what his level of interest is now after what all that's happened throughout the offseason. And um, I think the situation with Luke Voigt is complicated too. I don't know how you kind of mend that bridge after kind of telling him to, to piss off after, mm-hmm. after the injury – um, and then you bring in Rizzo, and then you don't play Voight when you have the opportunity to DH him. So it's, it's, it's so complicated at this point, and not getting a lefty here is going to be a problem because where else are they going to upgrade and bring in a lefty? Do they, are there any lefty hitting catchers that they're going to bring in? Ben Rortvet. Ben yeah. Rort, I mean, anybody who actually has a, a – hey, Ben, wish you the best of luck. I don't know. I, I, need, I need somebody with a more – I think the lineup would be somebody with a more extensive resume at this point four quality lefty at bats because last year Brett Gardner was giving those quality lefty at bats quote quality lefty at bats in the three hole and in the two hole really not what we need um so that's why this is now it's now a little bit more complicated losing Olsen look I don't I I agree with what you're saying with the trade package if the Yankees had Christian Pache and he batted 119 in his first 24 career games and his (laughs) best season still stands as his 2019 campaign between double A AA and triple A where he OPS 802, they'd be laughing us out the fucking door. If that was the top, if that was the top of the package and I'm sorry, you got it. That's just the way it would be. I'm not saying Christian Pache is, I, I, I would take Christian Pache in a, in a, in a trade package, but you have the A's asking for Volpe and more who Volpe. I'm also not saying Volpe is the second coming of whoever you would deem him to be, but He's hot right now, and you pay for when people are hot. You don't pay for when people are cold. Christian Pache is the definition of cold after OPSing 744 last year at AAA in 89 games and having a very underwhelming MLB debut. So, yeah, complicated there. Maybe the Yankees did all they could to, to get it done, and they drew the line where I probably would have drawn the line at that point too if they thought a couple of other options were attainable. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they're reassessing right now. Maybe they're saying, hey, maybe can we figure out a way to unload another salary and and bring in Freeman? Unload Chapman and bring in Freeman, dude. It's not that hard. Get a couple of low-impact bullpen arms. We'll be able to make it work. But, yeah, problem stand. Lefty at bats, unvaccinated in Toronto, just general tenuous relationship type things with Voight and Rizzo. If that it is, is it all true? We're just talking from what we know and, and what – what it seems to be, if you went into work one day and they traded for somebody to do your job for three months and then three months later that person went on to bigger and better things and they said, hey, you know what, buddy, you're back. You're back to crunching those goddamn numbers. How do you feel about it? And I'd say, no, I'm fucking not. I'm going out for a cigarette and uh, we'll talk about this when I feel like it. Um, so, yeah, complicated all around. I don't really know what they're going to do, um, but that's where we stand, I think. I think that's the best way to kind of put this all in perspective. We're trading number crunchers now. That's you can do that. You could just I could get traded for my job. Should. Why can't we? 
I know we really should be able to. Do this. I mean, I I'm not on the block. I don't think, but if somebody were to suddenly make me available, I would reconsider. Um, did you see Luke Voigt working out by the way at camp on uh, on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, what was that? Because he looked uh fucking was terrible. It, was that for real? Was he, was he joking? Do you think he was joking? He was doing like a giant leg kick, unlike anything I've ever yeah. seen, and just tapping yeah. grounders to third base. And and somebody in the comments though was like everybody's a you know everybody's a doctor everybody's been an epidemiologist since early 2020 everyone's now an expert on Ukraine <laughs> like a bunch of people in the comments were like um the amount of people here the ignorance the people who don't know he's just working on something um okay like is this your first year based like I actually don't know that first of all I like there's no there's no reason for me to make that assumption that he's what's he working on hitting grounders directly into the dirt to third base messing up his swing is that what he's working on with a huge leg kick uh it was not encouraging josh donaldson's bp session on monday afternoon was awesome so yeah. again i you can't you can't take anything from bp sessions unless they're crazy and the luke voigt bp session was crazy um uh, we are only one year removed from me thinking luke voigt was not only the present not only the future but was sort of someone who was going to be looking at an extension from the yankees one injury prone year changes everything he was exceptionally carried the roster for about a week and a half period in August. But other than that, not a lot to stand on and his knee keeps getting weaker. He had an injury on the same knee over and over again. I'm, I am not, you look at the Yankees don't want to trade him just like last year. If they end up underwhelmed and they want to keep offense versus sacrificing yeah. offense. I also get that, but I don't see him as the starter of a first division playoff team, especially when you look up at the Toronto blue Jays and see, you know, George Springer in the lineup, even without Marcus Simeon, George Springer in the lineup, Bo Bichette in the lineup, Vladdy Jr. in the lineup, Teoscar Hernandez in the lineup. All they do is hit. How about a rebuttal, though? I got a rebuttal. Give me. Keep Voight. Platoon him and DJ at first. I know people don't like DJ at first, but. I don't like DJ. I know. I don't like it either. But if the defense is already not that great at first, I think that's probably. Is that the worst position to have the worst defense at? You know, we've seen what yeah, I think it is. is it? We've seen bad defense at catcher. That's been debilitating bad defense at shortstop, bad defense in the corner outfields. We've seen bad, not great below average defense at first base these last few years. And it hasn't been anywhere near as infuriating as all. I mean, in my opinion, I could, you know, other people could feel differently, but in my opinion, the defense that we've seen, the defensive lapses we've seen elsewhere have, I felt have been much more detrimental. So what if you just have a roving situation where you constantly have, you know, Judge Gallo, Stanton, Voight, all ro- and even Donaldson rotating around in the DH spot, and you plug DJ at third, plug DJ at first, he could play. So I don't agree with having DJ be a utility guy, but unless they trade somebody else, that's going to be the reality, right? He's going to be bouncing around the infield. He's going to be mm-hmm. eating up reps when Glaber Torres needs rest or gets injured or whatever, so... I don't know. That's that's my little rebuttal there. I mean, it's still Luke Voigt's still a good baseball player. Like it's good to have on your team, right? I think he is. Yeah, I, I think he is. I, I lost I lost track there a little bit last year. Um, the comments right now not kind to Brian Cashman. Cashman will destroy this team. It's headed downhill from Slick Rick. I seen that Slick Rick the Rula. Thanks for checking in. I think I saw you at halftime of a Nets Hornets game a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, Janine Long, time for the Yankees to upgrade a general manager of Fire Cashman. It's really hard to fire Cashman, everybody. Yes. Um, and they're not they're not doing it yet. They're not firing the manager yet. Um, they're back. Well, imagine if they just look brave though, and somebody fired Brian Cashman tomorrow. Didn't tell him. The new GM of the Yankees is Freddie for.
Freeman. Um, I, I mean, I'm all in on Freddie Freeman, but I'm not even going to talk about it because it's not happening. So why, would I, why would I waste podcast time being like, potentially the left-handed power of MVP candidate Freddie Freeman would be a boon to the... Yeah, of course. They're not signing him. Although the dorks, like MLB nerds, and the resurgence bandwagon have said Correa is a guarantee, and they've said Olsen's no. a guarantee. They've never said Freeman's a guarantee, so maybe Freeman actually is going to be a Yankee because none of the incredibly wrong people who are always wrong have mentioned Freeman at all. And again, they're always wrong. Uh, before we move on to the final part of the segment, I, I, ju- I do think it's worth mentioning that some some folks who are, have gone around spreading rumors on Twitter who seem to think that being wrong on Twitter is the worst thing you can be and have previously said that the Yanks Go Yard Twitter account will face no punishment for saying the Yankees were going to get swept by the Red Sox when they actually lost three out of four games, which is similar to a sweep. <laughs> um, they, they think being wrong on Twitter is the worst thing you can be about the team. They were so wrong on Twitter about the Matt Olson trade. They were beyond wrong on Twitter about the Carlos Correa trade. So if you if you don't think our Twitter account is allowed to to let it slide, right? If you, if we, you think we're gonna slide when we make an incorrect prediction about a random midsummer series, you just were the wrongest ever. You were the wrongest ever. So if that's something that really matters to you, I hope you're having a tough day. And MLB yeah. nerds MLB nerds blocked me for calling them out for misinformation, and then they did more misinformation. So uh, yeah. best of luck. If they say anything interesting, just screenshot it to me. Don't tweet it to me because I can't read it. Um, but I hope the nerds are having a great day. I hope the nerds are are going live soon, talking about how um, the Yankees are no longer the favorite for Correa and actually the Astros are involved. That, that would be a great nerds Twitter space. Um, Slick Rick actually is, is asking a question. Do you guys think the franchise is going in the right direction? Um, I mean, again, if 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 yesterday's trade the Donaldson blow up is part one of three then yeah I absolutely think it's going in the right direction um what did you what did you see in 2020 that you needed to maintain like what's the argument for keeping Gary Sanchez and, and maybe keeping Urshela another year too long and letting him walk because they're not extending him either what did you see from that 2020 and 2021 team that indicated they don't need a shakeup? they definitely need a shakeup. and yeah. so if they're willing to pay for Josh Donaldson and then they're willing to pay for like two or three more things then they're absolutely going in the right direction. But if they're just going to continue to watch people not get developed and sign Garrett Cole and never sign anyone to a high dollar deal ever again, then uh, no, that's that's not the correct direction. Uh, Kylie Crowder, we see you. I feel terrible. Um, the A's are another example of the, the A's are, are one of the reasons that we were locked out for so long, quite frankly. Yeah. They're a team that doesn't behave like a baseball team and their owner doesn't behave like someone who's got money to throw around. And um, I feel terrible for you. I hope you continue supporting Matt Olson. He's going home to the Atlanta Braves. That is nice. I hope that's a minor comfort to you. And I, I hope you at least get to have some fun with him. We're going to support Gary Sanchez and, and Gio Rochella on the Twins. Like we said, just because we're done with them in theory doesn't mean we're done with them. We're going to keep following them. Um, but if you're if you're an A's fan and you're a, a you know you wear twenty eight for Matt Olson, keep doing that. Um, yeah. You know I. We're in an era where you can't side with it. It's tough to root for laundry these days. Yeah, it um, is. And I know it, it's tough to hear this right now, but I would say, you know, keep supporting your man. Um, Matt Olson rules. I would have loved to have him in, in uh, New York 
Um, that's why it's so sad too. I, Matt Olson seemed like the perfect profile for Yankee Stadium, the perfect personality for this team. Uh, he's got a cute dog, which again, as soon as we lost Anthony Rizzo, the first thing I did was look up who if the replacement is a cute dog like Anthony Rizzo does. He did. I was ready. I was ready back in November. That's why the lies sting so much when we're told, you know, a deal is going to happen and people are so confident they're staking their reputation on it. And then they're disappearing. Um, you know, my reputation has been forever tarnished by incorrectly predicting that four game series in the middle of July. Uh, so I hope yours is too. Um, let's just wrap this up with some random, uh, you know, Yankees gibberish at the, at the back end. Um, Domingo Herman is going to start the season on the IL. So for everybody who said that the Yankees had enough pitching depth, they didn't need to go for someone like Rodon and they didn't need to, I mean, I, it's, it, you know your brain is truly broken when it resets every year and you got people saying that such and such team has enough pitching depth. No one ever has enough pitching depth. And the Yankees rotation had Luis Severino at the top of it. So not only do the Yankees not have enough pitching depth, they have a guy who's going to throw like 100 innings in the number two hole. Need guys. Need guys now. And so, uh, you know, you everyone who said the Yankees had enough pitching depth has been proven wrong after... 15 minutes because Domingo Herman's going in the IL to start the year. Tyone is reportedly ready to start the season. That's extremely weird. Yeah. Uh, and we welcome it. But again, up one, down another. The Yankees definitely need some starting pitching. Um, what say you on that? I mean, are we going to make a trade now? Um, are we going to make Are we going to call the A's back up? Sean Murphy and, and all those pitchers are still there. The Rockies are aggressively pursuing Chris Bryant. That's that's cool. came in and talks are an ownership level. That's something. But what okay. is going on here? Well, look, there is there is no argument here in favor of the Yankees starting pitching or pitching staff in general. They've witnessed they they, they had they had an uncharacteristically successful season from a rotation standpoint, which is great. I, last year was awesome. We saw what their potential was, but that's not going to be sustained for a multitude of reasons. So uh, Sweeney Murdy last week or yeah, last, it was Friday, was talking about how um, that they don't have a bad staff, and he's not wrong. Cole Severino, Montgomery, Tyone, Herman, Cortez, uh, Michael King, and Luis Heal, but there's a lot of problems with all those guys. Luis Severino, 18 regular season innings in three years. What is he going to bring to the table? I think at this point, all you can factor in is Cole and Montgomery to give you 160-plus innings, and everybody else is a bit of a question mark. I know Tyone can go the distance, but – how many times has he done that? And what's this injury going to look like? How is it going to affect him? Will there be another injury? We don't know. Last year, we were concerned about his arm. Um, and then it ended up being his ankle. Uh, that that kind of derailed the remainder of the year for him. And the Yankees would have been in trouble deeper in the postseason. Had they had beaten the Red Sox, would have been problematic. You look at Domingo Herman. I don't view him as a viable option. He's an okay starter with... Um, with solid potential who blows up more often than not. Um, we've seen it happen occasion after occasion. Um, they relegated him to the bullpen at some point last year. Clearly didn't trust him. Went on the IL with a shoulder injury. Seemed phantom to me. Shut him down for the rest of the year. Um, domestic violence allegations from two seasons ago too. Derailed the Yankees 2020 in some capacity. Don't view that as a viable option. Um, I think Luis Heal is great. He has things to work on. I don't pencil him in as a starter at this point. Someone can give you 100-plus innings. Um, Michael King has proven to be better, uh, better in a multi-inning relief role, which I would love for him. I think that's great. I don't view him as a starter. I don't want him and Domingo Herman, for example, making 25-plus starts combined. I don't think that's a recipe for winning. And then you have Nestor Cortez, who is the shit. Love Nestor Cortez. Don't think anybody dislikes him. 93 innings in a single season is his career high. 
How much higher is he going to be able to go? That's why the, the miss on Chris Bassett for two not game-breaking prospects there. He went to the Mets. Steve Cohen, God bless, dude. Love what he's doing. I love the energy of that fan base. Just stay out of my fucking business because I'm sick of hearing from you about anything that has to deal with me and my team. Enjoy yourself. Um, but Bassett passing on there. I, I mentioned Rodon earlier in the podcast. They're willing to go higher for Justin Verlander, who has less of a recent successful track record coming off major arm surgery. Like, why not just pay for that? Um, I, I'm not saying the Yankees should have went after Kikuchi, but goes to the Blue Jays for a very cost-effective price of or cost-effective contract of three years and thirty-six million. Now their rotation is deeper. Um, so you just look at those moving parts. Sonny Gray gets traded to the Twins. I'm not advocating for that, never at all. But there were options out there, um, multitude of ways for the Yankees to get better and lengthen, not even forget even getting better, just lengthening the rotation. Beyond Garrett Cole in this rotation, the Yankees have committed $11.6 million, which is not even really committed because it's all team-controlled players. And then they have three pre-arbitration players who could log starts or get innings. So you call that an investment in starting pitching? It's absolutely not. They've invested in the absolute back end of the bullpen with a with a with a prohibitive price with uh, Zach Britton and Roldis Chapman. This ridiculous amount, thirty million dollars for two relievers anchoring the back of the bullpen, and then you have Garrett Cole making thirty six million at the front end. So you're looking at sixty six million dollars for three dudes who can't carry. It's impossible for them to carry the load. The season's too long. There's way too many innings to. Um, to, to eat up and they need more. They need guys to get rest. They need certain matchups against certain teams. Insane how they, how this has flown under the radar and we're just taking a, a, a crazy like reverse regression. It was an overachieving year for the starting rotation. And now we're just like, Oh yeah, starting rotation is good. We got enough people. So like we're set there. No, it's absolutely not. It's on the right track. The depth is there. The pieces are there. It needs supplementation. You need a number two or a number three here. I won't even go as far to say you need a number two. I think a guy like Bassett, or I know who could be considered a number two, but kind of isn't, not really, um, Manaya, or just literally anybody who can fill in and make 28 starts is what you need, and the Yankees are not doing that at this moment, and I don't know who's left, and I don't know how it's going to improve. So stop thinking that the rotation and the bullpen are at all okay. There's a lot that needs to be done. The foundation's there. The bones are there, but the support is not. At least we're not the Dodgers who lost Joe Kelly, who lost Corey Knable, and who are about to lose Kenley Jansen as well. That is right. a bleak, probably. I mean, oh. uh, the quotes from Kenley Jansen that he he needs one last payday or whatever, they're not given to him. No. Um, so we'll find out. But anyway, we could, we could be in worse shape. They're preparing their Freddie Freeman offer as we speak. Um, everybody's saying the Yankees offered Freeman, but the main issue is geography. Of course, that had nothing to do with CC. That had nothing to do with Garrett Cole. If the Yankees go nuts... Uh, and outbid, uh, then they will absolutely acquire Freddie Freeman, but it's uh, not going to happen. Uh, Another one more interesting thing uh, before we wrap up, Brian Cashman's interview with Meredith Morakovic said Josh Donaldson brings an edge to the Yankees. As Jack Curry says, a GM doesn't mention that unless he thinks that edge is lacking. I agree with that assessment. Isn't that interesting? Um, There really was edge lacking. It's very true. we also promised, uh, we'll sign off in a second. We promised we would do the uh, home run calls, the John Sterling home run calls uh, for the new Yankees. Uh, I have no idea. I, Isaiah Connor for love is probably going to hit one. So <laughs> going to help. 
Um, but like Isaiah Kiner Falefa hit it Falefar, I feel like is an easy one uh, for John. Uh, Falefa wrap with onions and white sauce. I don't know. Um, yep. Kiner Falefa is so long. It has to fit into an old Broadway song or something. Um, Donald, son of Sam. Uh, <laughs> the prodigal Donaldson has returned. Uh, Donaldson, Donaldson said duck to a guy in the upper deck. Yeah, or a guy in the bleachers. Yeah, this is your this is your area of expertise. I can't even fucking I can't think of one thing. <laughs> Donaldson says I like Donaldson says duck. I feel like that actually might be it. Uh, ben Rortvet, do we have to do that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's jacked. Bend over for Rortvet. <laughs> a home Rortvet. Uh, I mean, nothing sounds like that. It's a name that literally maps to no noises in the English language. So I truly have no idea. Um, Rort. A uh, Rort veteran swing. Uh, check back. If he makes the team, I'll do Ben Rort vet. Um, <laughs> uh, Rort veterans minimum. I don't know. Um, that is that it. Is a good one. <laughs> it's not great. It's an NBA term. Um, that's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We've really enjoyed going live with you. And the news, man. The new, There's news. I mean, this, this was more fun than breaking the end of the lockout to me yes. personally. Yeah. Um, Gary Sanchez, gone. Very sorry to see. Gio Rochella, gone. Very sorry to see. Um, I'm excited for Josh Donaldson. I really am until, you know, the season opens and I learn why I shouldn't be. Um, but he, he does have an MVP pedigree. He's an angry man. We could use a little anger in the lineup. Um, but missing out on Olsen really stings. That package is crazy. Uh, we couldn't top it because they would have forced it. They would have said Anthony Volpe is Christian Pache. Yeah. Even though you and I know Christian Pache and Anthony Volpe are, are in different pedigrees at this moment. Because Correct. Pache has already proven he can hit at the big league level. But Outfield versus shortstop too. Not, not, not really a, not comparable. No. Ramon Laureano, probably the next to go. Probably a Philly. We'll, we'll have some more for you on Thursday, I'm sure. Um, we're going to be live on Thursday uh, for probably a shorter show because we got an interview on, on Wednesday night. That's going to run on Thursday's episode. Mm. Um, and that's exciting. And, and uh, eyeball emojis. It's someone who is very much affected by the trade. They went down on Sunday night. So look at I that. find that to be interesting. Look at that timing. Um, yeah. Look at that timing. Uh, we thank goodness. We didn't talk to this person last week when we almost maybe kind of did um, until next time. You can find us on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Give us those mailbag questions. We'd be more than happy to answer them and find us live on YouTube. 2 o'clock Mondays and Thursdays. And again, if something goes absolutely nuts the next couple of days, we are happy to log on live and bring it to you. Um, we're going to be flexible like that, uh, except for on Thursday, uh, right after the live show, we've got a party. Unfortunately, we have a party for March Madness, so it's going to be a weird one. Uh, can you say weird one? Como se dice weird one. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. And if you're a person, if you are a person, an individual, a human being who thinks that you can get ahead, cut corners by reporting fake stuff mm -hmm. on Twitter, which I'm sick of seeing and I'm sick of people falling victim to it, or at least just buying into it. They don't, you might not fall victim to it, but you're going to be like, oh man, like this is a possibility. So just stop doing it, dude. You're not doing anybody any favors. You're making yourself look like an idiot. And more times than not, you're going to be wrong because the unexpected thing usually happens before the expected thing in case you didn't see what just happened this offseason. What the Yankees just did, nobody predicted. There wasn't even a loose, there wasn't even a loose link to it at any point in the offseason. And that's how this goes down. So stop taking the obvious links and saying you're hearing something. You've never heard anything from anybody 
who possesses any sort of importance in any area of this world. Just wanted to let you guys know that. Wanted to let everybody know to make sure to go to the right sources, go to the right places for content, information, and all that. Um, Yanks Go Yard's one of them. We don't report fake news. We do follow the trusted sources. And we make good stories out of it. So head on over to yanksgoyard.com. All the written content there for you. All this fallout analysis, long-form content there to break all this down on top of hearing our voices. Sometimes you might not want to hear us because we are annoying. Um, so you can read us. The prose is, uh, I, I'd say the prose is really good too. Um, talk to us on the Yank, official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. Um, we'll be there to answer any questions, engage in this discourse. Had a great time in the chat today. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. We'll talk to you next on Thursday. Good interview. Hopefully short pile with some more news. Enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Maddles. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.